Hello, hello. This is Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. I am recording this from my home in Los Angeles, which honestly does not even feel real quite yet. The whole experience going from New York, where I've spent most of my life, all the way to the West Coast, brand new city. It's a little bit surreal. And moving is hard. It is difficult. I can't sugarcoat that. It is a very difficult thing to do for many reasons. Moving with a child is another hard thing. Anyone who's moved, who's recently moved, even if you've just moved down the street, it's just a lot to like pack up your life and readjust in a new space. And beyond what's physically needed to just move all of your items and get organized in that way, it's also emotionally challenging to say goodbye to a city that you've spent most of your life in. Like I always think about how much of my identity is tied to being a New Yorker because that is so much of what I know and it's my life and it's where I grew up and it's where I've built a home with my husband, where I was pregnant, where I gave birth, where, you know, Mavi took his first steps. But also it doesn't feel like a full goodbye to me because we still have our place in New York. You know, it's going to be rented, so we can't stay there. But I don't know. It doesn't feel like goodbye because we haven't sold our place. And then my parents have their place out east. So I think I'll be going to Sag Harbor in the summer. So it doesn't feel like a full definitive goodbye to New York. But certainly this is where our life is going to be. This is where I'll work. This is where Mavi's going to go to school. So the reality is we're a Los Angeles family now, but we've had our first night sleeping in our new home on an air mattress, which air mattresses have come a long way. I didn't know they'd be so comfortable. But I was lying there and I was reflecting on how I would come and talk to you all about this next part of my journey and the move process. And at first I was thinking, oh, I can give tips on the moving process. Then I was thinking, no, actually, the right way to approach this is to share what I have learned about myself through the process of moving. And I always think that's the strength of this show and the people that I interview. I think there's so much to be learned. A lot of people give traditional advice, tips, and I love tips. I love tricks. I love advice. But I also think there is something about hearing from someone else's lived and real experience that helps inform the way that you do things. So I want to share what I've learned about myself in the process of moving. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I will go through the 10 things that I learned about myself moving across the country. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Okay, number one, the very first thing I learned about myself through this process, I'm actually a lot better at self-preservation and self-care than I even was a year ago. 
And I've always been one of these burn the candle at both ends type of people. And I don't say that as a badge of honor. I actually say that with some shame and, you know, need to self-reflect about why I've always been so intent on burning the candle at both ends. But in the weeks leading up to moving, I was just saying no left and right and saying no to really fun things, meeting up with friends, getting coffees with people, going to parties and events that I would like normally really want to go to. But then I just had to realize you are preparing to shift your life across the country. And a lot of even the shift and the desire to go to California has been about a change of pace and having more opportunities to go outside and take deep breaths and not being so in a constant rush all of the time. And as I was preparing to leave, I was just being really careful about where I spent my time and my energy and self-preserving as much as possible, prioritizing my fitness, my sleep, and then just getting organized and getting ready and getting prepared. And that's the thing about saying no. The more you say no, the easier it gets to say no. And then you realize, okay, I may have missed out on a fun night or a fun thing, but that's okay because I'm in my bed and I'm rested. I'm going to have energy for the next day. And the more you do this, it just becomes clear that self-care really is a muscle. It's something that you exercise. It's a practice that you integrate into your life. And the more that you invest in yourself and you make sure that you're good and you're prioritizing your own well-being, the easier it becomes. Now, there is a difference between self-care and self-isolation, though, like shutting yourself off from the world, like having those moments where you're like, I just want to turn my phone off. I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to do anything, but I also don't want to take care of myself. And that's when you're burnt out. And I think that you get to that place of total burnout and total shutdown when you don't do the small things to take care of yourself. So I was very just proud of myself for protecting my own peace and energy, even in the weeks leading up to the move. And it's so funny. My husband and I were cracking up, laughing about it like two days before the movers came that we were even talking about doing a goodbye party. We were like, LOL. Imagine if we had planned like a goodbye party on top of everything else, like unthinkable, (laughs) unthinkable for people that move and are able to organize a goodbye party for all of your friends and loved ones. Hats off. Kudos to you. I'm so impressed. For me, it wasn't something that was realistic for the way that we lived our lives, but a goodbye party just wasn't something that was realistic for us in the way that we live our lives. But I do understand wanting to say goodbye to people, but it also felt like a touch just dramatic and too final. Like I truly believe that everyone that I love and care about in New York, I will see continuously over and over again. So there's no real goodbye. The second thing I learned from this experience, your beauty professionals really hold you down. On the weeks before I left, I went and saw Alicia for my hair. I got a sew-in with a silk press and this like gorgeous, kinky, straight hair. You can see it all on my Instagram account at Naked Beauty Planet. I did a whole breakdown. I got my hair done. I went to my girl, Alex and Chelsea. I discovered her too late because I was like, I can't do the extensions, the nail art. It's too difficult. It doesn't last. There is something about the way Alex Smith does nails that just lasts and lasts and lasts. And I was loving doing my Apre Gel extensions with like my cool French manicure style with different decals and nail art. She is truly an artist and I will miss her. But I went and got my nails done. I went all the way uptown to see my dermatologist, Dr. Jones. I didn't have anything wrong. I didn't have anything for her to do. I was just like, I just want to see you. Look at my face. Do I need any more prescriptions? Do you have any recommendations for a dermatologist in LA? Or will I just schedule myself every time I come back to New York just to come and see you? But I was really thinking about how you build this team around you. And of course, my 
biggest chunk of time I spend in terms of working with a professional is my trainer, Lucy, my strength trainer, who has done so much for me and my body in the past year we've been working together. It is unbelievable how much stronger I feel, how much better I feel, and how much having that standing like two times a week training session just really changed everything for me. So I had my last sessions with Lucy, my amazing trainer. And I was just thinking about how you have kind of like your team and they kind of keep you on track and keep you feeling your best. And I was talking to my one of my best friends and she was telling me that she was kind of under the assumption that I got like discounts for my services, whether it's my manicure or getting my hair done by Alicia or training because I like, I'm always tagging them and I'm always telling people to go to them. And she was like, well, don't they like, she was like, I'm sure in LA, you can like find someone that will, you know, do your nails and do your hair and all of that stuff. As long as you like kind of tag them and incorporate them in your content. Oh my gosh, no. Like I actually feel so strongly that the relationships you have with your beauty professionals, they're transactional, of course, but it's also kind of like a sacred relationship. And it's so important to pay them their full rate, like no discount in exchange for promotion for a few reasons. One, I think paying someone their rate is your way of acknowledging and showing, I really do care and value about the work that you do. And I want you to be well compensated for that. Beyond paying them their rate, also tipping them and making sure that you're tipping them generously. When you're someone's regular client, you want to be someone that they're excited to see, but also if they have to move around appointments or feel like, oof, I need to get my hair done once before New Year's Eve, please, like, is there anything you can do? I really do think that by showing that appreciation, they will be more willing to work with you. And on the kind of tagging and social promotion thing, again, super surprising to me because, and I guess if I shouldn't be naive, of course, I work in social media. Like I understand the value exchange of a creator making content to highlight a beauty professional and I can't take that away. But for me, I have always just been super excited to share their work and to put other people on. Like if I go to someone to do my nails or my hair and they're incredible, or if I work with an amazing makeup artist, I want to put my audience on too. Like I want to let everyone else know that they're great so that they can click their account and book an appointment and get put on as well. So I feel like that's just when you care about someone and you value their work, all you want to do is help them get to the next level. You want them to get press mentions and you want them to get more customers and you want them to grow and then you get to be part of it. So that is always the approach that I've taken. And so now I'm here in this new city and I have to like build the team from scratch I have to start everything from the beginning. Now, I do have some recommendations, but I'm going to say this quietly for you all. It's bad. It's not good. But I do not know how to drive. Don't know how to drive. I've never been to driving school. I don't have a learner's permit. I have to like read a book to learn how to drive. And that's quite scary being outside of New York, not knowing how to drive. I'm taking a pause and taking a beat on like kind of building my team because that's going to involve going to different people. But I do know that in LA, they do a lot of house calls. There's a lot to figure out. But if you are rooted in your city and you have not yet built your beauty professional team, I really do think it's worth the time to do it. And if you are moving like me and you're somewhere else, also take the time to research who's really great in your area so that you can build that team sooner rather than later. Okay, the third thing I learned about myself I really like holding on to memories, not really things. And I have a few physical things that are tied to memories. So I get a lot of, you know, beauty PR. And oftentimes in that PR, there are notes that come from the founder. When it's a celebrity brand, sometimes they put like a note in from the celebrity. And not all celebrities are created equal. 
if I got skin, Kim K's skin gifted to me and I got like a note from Kim K, would I keep it? I don't know. Also, hey, I'm in LA now. Talk to me in six months when Kimmy and I are on the podcast together discussing skincare. (laughs) I don't think that's going to happen, but there are certain celebrities, like cool celebrities, like people that I really admire that have written me notes. And I just had them kind of like in a, just like a folder on my desk, just like languishing, just sitting there collecting dust. One of them is a handwritten note from Mrs. Azalea Banks, who honestly has incredible skincare. She has this lactic acid face bar. You can use it on your body too. I use it as a face wash. It's bright blue. I can't remember the name right now, but if you go to her website, you can find it. I'll link it in the show notes. It's phenomenal. Azalea Banks also knows so much about skin. Like I feel so privileged. She, she DMs me a lot. She'll send me long voice notes. I'm like, I feel like I'm, I get like a personal Azalea Banks podcast. She is incredibly smart and knows a lot about skincare. I know oftentimes a polarizing figure, the music is incredible, but I really do hope. And I tell her all the time, I'm like, we need to get you on the podcast. Not the easiest to schedule, but I tell her all the time, we need to get you on the podcast. I've gone on this whole tangent about Azalea Banks. But anyway, she wrote me this really lovely note and I wanted to keep that because I just think about being younger and listening to 212 and just like looking at this girl, like who is this amazing creative fly black girl with these bars and this musical sensibility and like she's just everything. And the fact that we're even like on a speaking basis is incredible to me. And then of course I have my note from Pharrell that's just great and so warm and kind and it's on the human race stationary. So I have those two notes that I do want to, instead of just keeping them in a folder, and this is common, a lot of us do this, things that are important, we just like put it in a drawer. We're like, oh, I know this is important. I want to hold on to it. But oftentimes these items don't get displayed properly. So what I want to do in my new space is get them framed, like in just small little frames and just have them in my work area, just to remind myself of some of the cool things I've gotten to do through doing this podcast. This is something you could do with like concert tickets or like festival passes, or if you've saved a plane ticket from like a trip that really meant a lot to you. I do think it's worth, even if you frame it yourself, making it a moment and something special because you're holding on to it for a reason and it was not meant to languish in like a dark corner in your room. The fourth thing I've learned about myself through this process, I am so interested in beauty from like an anthropological perspective. And my true and pure just excitement about being in a new city and exploring beauty culture and doing this podcast from a new city. Like it just, it feels so real. Like I have so much creative spark and creative energy because LA is so different. And from a beauty lens, there is so much to unpack. There is the celebrity beauty culture here and the plastic surgery industry, which is massive. There is a lot of emphasis on body here, body sculpting, body toning, trainers, lymphatic massage, different detoxes. And there's a lot of emphasis on body. And I think some of it can be toxic as well, which is something that I really want to unpack. There's a whole kind of like new age wellness wave that has been happening in Los Angeles for what, the past 30 or 40 years, you know, the essential oils and the sage and all of the things that are kind of mainstream now, but have been a thing in Los Angeles for a very long time in different hippie communities, which oftentimes come from indigenous communities and the overlap there, there is a lot to unpack and explore. And I'm just like excited to bring that investigation and discovery into Naked Beauty. One of the grocery stores that I frequent by our new house is Erewhon, which truly makes Whole Foods look like, I don't know, a 7-Eleven. It is like the most upscale, organic, beautiful, overpriced grocery store I've ever been in. And every time I go, I'm like, 
how is it possible that these like five things I purchased are over a hundred dollars? Like, I, it's mind blowing these prices. But there's something about shopping there and the scene there, and like people are like wearing their aloe yoga matching outfit sets to go shop at Erwan. It's it's a whole thing and it's a whole scene and. I want to talk about that. And the LA tap water has also been a very big eye opener, how it affects your skin and your hair and your well-being. There is a lot to discuss about LA beauty culture, and I want to tackle it from all angles. And there are also lots of other beauty podcasters here. So I'm just excited. And it just reminded me as I started thinking about all these ideas and every day I get like new ideas for the podcast. I'm like, this reminder, like Brooke, you like beauty, you like skincare, you like self-care. That is your interest area. But you also have a journalistic and anthropological interest in beauty culture and how it translates from area to area. And that's something that you need to hold on to and dig into and do more with. Okay, the fifth thing I learned about myself, decluttering. Decluttering is the name of the game. And I was ruthless with decluttering. Like if a lipstick shade was slightly off or the cap didn't fully secure on, I don't know, a shaving cream I had, it was gone. It was immediately gone. Now, normally I would be like, okay, this lipstick shade is off, but I mix it, if I mix it with this color and this color, and if I use this lip liner, it'll work. No, I didn't do that. You've already spent the money on the item. So keeping track of all of these things is like mental real estate. It's like a mental tool. So forget even the physical space. There's like mental real estate that gets occupied by having lots of things. But then when you move, you're forced to contend with the reality that you have to pay to move things with you, right? So then it becomes, what am I willing to pay to carry with me? And it's kind of a waste of time and money and resources and just energy to move things that you don't care about. So beauty was relatively straightforward. If it was makeup or skincare and things that I, if I hadn't used it in a year, you're not going to suddenly use it. And also I had to check expiration dates for things. So the beauty decluttering was straightforward. The clothes was a bit trickier because I have a lot of really great things. I feel like I've, I'm someone that really does invest in my clothes. I really, really rarely, maybe I've bought maybe one or two things in the past like three years from like Azara or an Urban Outfitters. I really do try, and I often buy them secondhand, but I really do try to invest in quality pieces. So I do have great clothes, but I still wanted to pare down. So I did different piles. The pile of like the really great stuff that I knew that I could extract value from went to the real real. I sold about 45 things to the real real. I had one of the consigners come over to my house and we just went through everything and just put huge bags together of all of the stuff that I was going to sell. Then I went to Beacon's Closet and I think it's called Crossroads. Those are just like consignment shops where you sell on the spot and you don't get a lot of money from these places, but I always just like hang out. I talk to the people that are consigning. Actually, when I was in Beacon's Closet, a girl like tapped my shoulder and she was like, oh my gosh, Brooke, hi. I recognize your voice because of course I was like chatting it up with my lovely consigner person at Beacon's Closet. And she was like, I listened to the podcast. She was so cool, so lovely. She worked in the film industry. She was preparing to do a talk where she was interviewing like the director and actresses for this new film that actually was at Telluride. I was at the Telluride Film Festival. Just like a cool person. I was like, everyone who listens to Naked Beauty, every time people come up to me, I'm always like, we would be friends IRL. Like we could hang out. But back to the selling, when you go to a place where you're just basically giving your items and they give you cash or store credit, you're not going to get a lot of value, right? If you paid $100 for something, they're going to buy it for, I don't know, it depends on what the price thing is, but like they're going to often buy it for $30 and you're going to get like 
10 per 30% of that. I don't know. You're going to get $10. That's what I'm trying to get to. It's not going to be this like huge cash haul, but if these are things that you want to get rid of anyway, I would recommend it. And I also, the reason why I just have like a soft spot for it is because when I graduated college, I remember going to Beacon's Closet all the time and being so excited when I found like an Aliyah belt there, you know, being so excited when I found like a great pair of leather pants. So then I just like think about that excitement and being able to provide that for other people. And then everything that Beacon's Closet or Crossroads didn't accept, I just donated. And then I also donated really great things as well. Like there's some things that I didn't even bring to those places, but I was like, you know what? I really want to donate these to local shops around Chelsea. I donated a lot of Mavi's things and toys and books and just making sure that everything that we were bringing with us were things that we really needed and we weren't transferring excess items and things that I wasn't wearing or not excited about anymore to the new city. The other thing I want to say as a mom and someone whose body has changed sizes so much, like I come to this weird place now where I'm like, I don't even know what size I am anymore. And I think a lot of moms have this experience, right? Like we have like three different sizes in our closet. And by the way, you don't have to be a mother to have weight fluctuations. A lot of people, period, have different times in their life where they're different sizes. So I've had kind of a weird thing where I've realized I've had clothes that I wore before baby, before pandemic, after, and I just had a lot of variation. And for the clothes that were just definitively too small, instead of saying like, you know what, one day this, you know, size 36 Chanel blazer will fit, just sell it. And then you can use that money from what you sold to buy a new Chanel blazer. Isn't that lovely? Isn't that great? A blazer that fits you. So a lot of the classic things that you're just like taught to hold on to because they're like designer and they're special. And if it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. And when you sell something, you get money back and then you can use that money to buy something new. So that is the approach that I took. And last but not least, Poshmark. Now, I love Poshmark. Over the years, I have made great money selling things on Poshmark. And I also find it really fun. Like I love writing a handwritten note and knowing that something that I've enjoyed is going to a new home for someone else to enjoy it. And I even did like a Naked Beauty Poshmark sale where I was like selling a bunch of stuff for a much lower price to the Naked Beauty community. I shared it on the Naked Beauty Planet Instagram account. And maybe I'll bring that back. Tell me if you guys want me to bring that back. But I just ran out of time and energy. And it's a lot of work. You've got to take the item out. You've got to put it on. You've got to photograph it. You've got to do the listing. You've got to answer the questions. You've got to pack it up and put it in the mail. It was just becoming a little bit too time intensive for me. But I do love Poshmark as a way to declutter and just get rid of things. And I think the one thing that I will tell you I will do differently is I will more frequently, maybe on a six-month basis, three-month basis, just go through the items that I have and declutter, declutter, declutter. And when you make it a consistent practice to just get rid of things that no longer serve you or that you no longer are using, it just makes everything so much easier and it makes you enjoy your things more. And guess what? I haven't missed a single thing I've gotten rid of. I've been decluttering for months now and we knew that we were moving. Like it wasn't like a sudden thing. We bought our place months and months and months ago and we've been renovating it. So like I I knew this was coming. So I've had time to kind of shed, but I haven't missed anything that I've gotten rid of. I wouldn't worry too much about like, oh, if I get rid of something, will I miss it? Okay. The seventh thing that I've learned about myself, rotating skincare. And beauty products is my new thing. Like it is my new thing. And I'm going to explain what I mean. So there were a few weeks between having everything packed up for the movers and arriving to the new place and then all of your other stuff arriving. Like I'd say maybe I had like three weeks where I had a 30th of my skincare and beauty collection. And it was the first time in a long time that I have had empties, like that I have had products that I truly used and like finished 
so quickly because that's all I, that I had at. And I actually really liked it. So imagine if you have six moisturizers in your vanity right now and you use one of the six every day, like a little bit each day, it's going to take six times longer to complete all of those. And if you just use one moisturizer and then when you're done with it, you move on to the next. I also think for my purposes of being someone that reviews skincare and talks about skincare so much, it's also going to allow me to like kind of better isolate what's working for me, what's changed more in my skin. And of course we need variety, right? So having just one moisturizer and one cleanser out, that's like too extreme for me long-term, but that's what I had for these past three weeks. And it was actually great. And I've been thinking about how can I kind of create like almost like an in-home skincare store where when I'm out of things, and this is again, luxury of not living in an apartment, people have storage, people have pantries, people have garages, like, wow, what am I going to do with all of this space? But I can think, okay, these are my items. I'm going to use these to completion. And then when they're out, I will go to another area where I have a storage or some sort of kind of like in-home beauty store is what I'm calling it to shop my own collection and then bring those back out instead of having everything out at once. Okay. The eighth thing I learned moving like the actual, like the movers are here, the truck is here. One of the hardest things you will ever experience, like the prep for the move day is hard. Now, when the movers get there, it's not as hard because I will say that hiring a good moving company makes all of the difference. And we used flat rate moving, could not have been happier. We did the elite crew. So that means that they helped to pack a lot of the things. We packed about 60% of our things and they handled things like the hanging wardrobe. So that means just going into your closet, taking your things and then putting it into a hanging wardrobe, which is so much easier than taking everything out and folding it. And then when you arrive, unfolding it. They handled all of the delicate glassware, wrapping it like so expertly, our art, and then all of the kind of like valuable electronic stuff. So things like speakers, my precious podcast equipment, they packed all of that for us. And when the move team comes in, like they go fast, like the work just immediately begins. And it's very clear, like, okay, they know what they're doing. They have moved before. I want to say for our apartment, there were like maybe five people that came and helped us move. And I think they came at nine and we were done by like three, four o'clock, like everything moved. Now we did not move furniture, right? Because we're, we're renting our place. So we didn't move a whole lot of furniture, but we'd moved some, we moved some carpets, we moved some dressers. There were things to move and we've got a three bedroom place. So it wasn't like a small job, but they just are so fast and efficient. And you can just tell like they do this all the time. And actually one of the guys on the move team, Sean, he's been moving people for 20 years, very friendly guy from Jamaica. And he was like, you know, I'm also a people person. Like moving is also dealing with people and personalities. And you want to be compassionate because you're dealing with people's things. And we talked to a lot of different moving companies. I want to say maybe four or five different companies we talked to. And we were assessing from like, what is that first call with the front office like? How do they kind of treat you in like the discussion about what your needs are? What's their follow-up game like? What are the reviews? getting real talk from people that have actually used them. And we were just like, flat rate moving is going to be our best. And I've been very, very happy. Everything arrived to Los Angeles safely and soundly. It made the move day just so much better. So if you can, or if you're looking for an area to invest in, I will say paying a little bit extra for help packing up some of your things. Maybe you decide, okay, we're going to pack up most of the kitchen, but we want help with glassware or we want help with our art. It does make move day much easier. And I also learned a lot of kind of like fun tips and tricks from watching the movers. Like, for example, whenever I travel with makeup now, I'm going to wrap my foundation in toothpaste with just like a light layer of like that cling wrap, like saran wrap, because that protects liquid from getting out or leaking. Like we've all traveled and had something open and leak all over everything else. 
that's so preventable. When I saw them using that like saran wrap, like cling wrap around products, I was like, ooh, this is a good tip. Now, flat rate moving did give me a code to share with you all. Who would I be if I did not get a code for my dear audience? So $150 off moves that cost $1,000 in New York and LA until December 31st, 2022. And the code is Brooke, just my name. So use that code if you're moving. And again, I wouldn't take time talking about flat rate moving if I didn't think they were great. They really did make the experience so much better. And when everything was done, it was kind of emotional seeing like the last seven or eight years, seven years of our life in New York packed up into like a big van. You're just like, wow, this is it. Like this is everything we've amassed and done and experienced in seven years together. But it also felt so like when that last box is in the truck, you're just like, amen, hallelujah, we got through it. Okay. Now I do want to talk about two more things. One of them being the renovation project and my opportunity to design my own bathrooms. Oh my God. But let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and discuss. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Okay, number nine, I got to design a bathroom from scratch, like just fully remove the bathroom that was there and then design the primary bathroom. I mean, it's my husband's bathroom as well, but let's be real. Like this is my space and I feel like he understands that and he respects that. I cannot wait to share more of this project with you all, but I also just went through this whole like identity exploration in the process of designing this bathroom because I thought about how do I want to feel in my bathroom? Do I want bright and bold? There was a period where I was looking at a lot of Moroccan tiles and a lot of Turkish tiles and a lot of color and pinks and greens and reds and yellows and oranges. Or do I want something that's more minimal, more zen? Do I want something that's dark and moody and like more subdued, very like adult? Do I want retro glam? Do I want modern? Do I want minimalist or like more embellished and romantic? Like I just... I went through this whole just like identity exploration. Who am I? What do I want? How do I want to feel in my bathroom every day? And I did have to make some concessions again. My dear husband, who I love and appreciate. Like I found this pink marble that I was like, oh, I love like just like the most gorgeous, delicious pink marble you've ever seen. And I was like, I want this pink marble shower. Honestly, I think I could have pushed for it and he would have been like, okay. But then I was like, you know what? This is our shared space. So I want you to feel good about it too. But I'm just, I'm really happy. They're actually, as I record this, they are upstairs creating the niche 
in the shower wall. So a niche is like that, you know, those like built in areas where you can like hold all of your beauty products. That is what is being created right now in the shower. So I'm just very excited about this whole process. I have loved doing just the design process, understanding the different materials and what works best in which areas and what's waterproof and what's not. And the way that the light reflects and the way that the paint colors change the way that the light reflects and the difference between porcelain and marble and ceramic tile. And it's been an education and I have loved it. And I'm so excited to share more with you all. And then last but not least, the 10th thing that I've learned about myself through this process. I love New York so much because of the community I built in New York. So Naked Beauty, this podcast was born in New York City. I was working at Viacom at the time when I started the podcast and it was just this thing where like I take out my recording equipment, I'd record in my living room and the vast majority of my interviews have been in person. It's been this opportunity to meet incredible women in New York doing amazing things and just chat with them. And it's not just the conversation that you hear on mic. It's like when we get dinner afterwards, we go for a drink afterwards and I get to know them and their story. And I just think about how many incredible, accomplished, a lot of amazing Black women I've met in New York through my podcast and through the Naked Beauty community. I think about the events that I've been able to do in New York, meeting listeners, whether it's someone just stopping me on the street to be like, hey, I love the podcast or someone who's come to an event. I feel such a connection to New York because of the community that I built through the Naked Beauty podcast. I think about the Naked Beauty brunches, the first two I hosted in my home, you know, where I invited all of the guests from that year over. I asked everyone to wear nude. I baked quiches and salads and I just hosted the guests from the podcast at my house and then they got to meet each other. And I think about all of the connections that I've made between guests where they're now friends, they hang out or they've worked together or they've launched a brand together. I mean, I feel like very humbled by that community that I've built in New York. And it really has developed beyond anything I could have ever imagined. And I hope that Los Angeles gives me that same opportunity to build community and to build on it even more and to do even more with Naked Beauty. So I'm excited about what's next. So much love and gratitude to you all. Take care of yourselves. Thank you for listening and for being with me on this journey. I am now lacing up my shoes and I'm actually going on a hike because that's what one does in LA. You go hike, you live the soft life, you live the relaxed life. Thank you all so much for listening and we'll catch up on the next episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 